You're listening to Empower Outdoors podcast with Allie Jutine and Phil Stepp. And we're here to talk to you guys about uh, turkey hunting today. Um, like I said in our last episode, I have had now, this is my second year turkey hunting, but Phil has had quite a bit more experience than me hunting, so we're kind of going to let him lead this conversation, um, but I can also add some of the things I've learned in my two years of going. Absolutely, and like I said before, on a scale of 1 to 100, turkey hunting is like at 98.5 for me. So <laughs> if you get, I get kind of giddy when I talk about turkey hunting because I absolutely love it. I love everything about it. I love the uh, just sitting in the woods during the springtime. I like harvesting the animal. I like eating turkeys. I like watching turkeys. I like hearing turkeys. I pretty much like everything about it. So. <laughs> and uh, we'll probably be posting a video or two of Phil's uh, turkey calling. Yep, famous turkey calling. <laughs> All right, so here we go. All right, so turkey hunting. Talk to me, Phil. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love, like I said earlier, I love everything about it. So um, when and where would you, when when would you think was the best time to turkey hunt? Like which season? I know there's a few different seasons in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. um, what would you choose? And I know you also hunt um, in Nebraska. Yep, Nebraska. So maybe start with uh, Nebraska and then we'll move to Minnesota. Sure. Well, <clears throat> the timing really is, number one, is going to depend on when you can hunt yes like, right so Seasons. in minnesota and most states it usually runs from somewhere to early mid-april to about around the end of may uh especially in the midwest um so first you need to decide okay when is my when i'm gonna have the time off if you don't have a lot of time off try doing it around maybe a holiday or something like that you know easter. memorial day weekend or, or oh, easter good friday something like that yeah. if you can get away from that uh, i have trouble getting away for good friday but uh you know, if you can, if you can uh, time it around that, that's the first place to start. Um, the other thing about timing is, I found it's either really good early or really good late. I've shot many turkeys opening day, and I've shot many turkeys uh, last year, two years ago. I shot both of my turkeys, one in Minnesota and one in Wisconsin, on the very last day of the last season on both. Uh, with both states. I shot one on May 30th and then May 31st. Why do you think that is? That, that the... um, pretty simple. The first one, uh, the first, the early season is because the toms are raring to go. They are, they're ready to get going um, for obvious reasons, right? Yeah. So they're looking to breed. Um, the hens haven't quite started to allow them to breed yet and they're, they're, they've got, they're figuring out their pecking order. Uh, they're ready to go. Any hen that's willing to talk to them, they're going to respond to and they see a hen decoy or they hear you calling like a hen, they're running at you. I mean, it doesn't always work out like that, it's still hunting, but your chances of getting a really uh, eager tom <laughs> to come in um, are, are gonna be very good for that first season. Plus, if you're hunting public land or maybe private land that gets a lot of pressure, uh, you're, you're not going to have any educated birds. And I'll talk about that too. I don't believe turkeys really get educated the way that deer do. In my opinion, turkeys have very short-term very bad short-term memory they'll see something run away 20 minutes later you'll see them back doing the same exact thing they're like uh what would you call them a dinosaur yeah they're like little they're like little dinosaurs <laughs> and they can't see you if you don't move that's a whole different that's a whole different conversation um but but we can we can talk about that later um the the late season is because the hens are mostly nested up uh the toms are still raring to go uh, they're getting beat up a little bit by this time. In fact, I've shot a few times that have uh, fans are all plucked out on them. Their backs are scratched up. Uh, they've got some injuries going because they've been fighting for the last two months. 
but uh, once the hens are nested up, there's very low competition. Or I mean, not low competition. There's high competition with low amount of hens that are that are still available to breed. So this is when you uh, find maybe a good spot where you know they're all roosting. You sit tight and throw out your decoys and you know be prepared to spend a lot a lot of time. But when you do have toms come around, they're more than likely going to come into you. Okay. So as far as where to hunt, so. I know you hunt in Nebraska, Wisconsin, and uh, Minnesota, but how do you even gain access to certain land? Because obviously you don't live in all those states. Right, right. Like I said, right now I live in northwest Wisconsin, uh, and I have 30 acres of my own, plus I have some friends that have given me access. Um, you know, there's basically two ways to hunt, public land or private land. Right. Public land in northern Minnesota and Wisconsin is super easy to get access to. I mean. There, there's thousands and thousands of acres just you know we drive down the road five minutes from here and we've got thousands of acres we can hunt on um, Nebraska is a different story Nebraska is basically private land um, but I will say that using Google Maps and a mapping application um, there's plenty of them out there there's ones that are better than others but using a mapping application so you can see uh, who owns what property kind of cross-reference that to Google Maps and it really does help find exactly where you can hunt um, you know in the area that you want if you're from Minnesota and you've never tried turkey hunting start close to home you basically the whole state has turkeys besides the extreme northeast portion of the state if you live in in uh, St. Cloud start by looking first at public land around St. Cloud and then start looking on Google Google Earth what kind of habitat looks good if you see river bottoms next to farmland next to bluffs there's going to be turkeys there if you've got cover water and food there's going to be turkeys there and don't be afraid to knock on doors so what you mean to say um about gaining land is that you can just knock on people's doors and what do you mean yeah. by that like oh, absolutely. i know that i've heard that with um private land and just asking landowners but do you literally mean like going door to door i literally mean going door to door i'm, I'm not kidding either uh in the millennial generation that we live in now <laughs> um that seems to be like this most the whole, most horrific thing you could ever do right? right like going up and knocking on somebody's door what you're gonna ask me to go do that <laughs> people don't even sell door to door now they sell on the internet or they have their mom and dad bring their their girl scout cookie order form to work, work so then yeah. everybody can fill that out so people aren't really used to it but i literally mean get on google earth Look at where you can, number one, where's close to your home that, that you want to hunt. Or maybe you want to go on a trip somewhere and you want to go camping you know, somewhere and you want to hunt there. Fine. Look at where you want to hunt. Look at the very best place that you can find uh, as far as what Google Earth can show you. And then get on your, your mapping, application, mapping application on your phone. Find out who owns it. Drive there and knock on their door. When you ask someone to hunt on their property face to face, it goes a hundred times farther than picking up the phone and calling them or emailing them. Yeah, the emailing would probably be the worst yeah. thing. It's so easy to say no on social media or on, you know, via text or email. Absolutely. And a lot of times these people don't care if you hunt, but you know, if you just email them, they're probably going to be like, ah, I don't really feel like having them hunt. I, fe I feel like uh, hunting is something that it's kind of sacred to some people as far as like who they allow to hunt and like if they don't know you or at least have met you face to face they're i mean they're allowing you to have a weapon on their property is really yeah. what it is so yeah. it 
I feel like it's a trust thing too. Uh, absolutely. If you're, if you, let's put it this way, I'm a property owner. If some 15 year old kid came and knocked on my door, I don't care what I've done to my property. If he came up to me and said, Mr. Step, do you mind if I bow hunt on your property this weekend? I see you got a lot of big bucks running around. You got these food plots set up. You put a lot of time and effort into it. I've never killed a deer. I don't have a place to hunt. Can I please hunt on your property? What do you think I'm going to say? You're going to you know, say, you know, say yes. get lost? No, I'm probably going to say, you know what, kid, go ahead this weekend and, and do it. And it's it's funny to think about, but it's the truth. We as as a, as sportsmen and women have gotten so um, so obsessed with the trophy aspect of everything that that getting access is harder and harder to do. But I think with with turkey hunting, it's still there and it's still pretty easy. Farmers hate turkeys for the most part, especially in the upper Midwest here. Uh, so gaining access to a field that might have 100 turkeys on it is, my, is probably going to be easier than a field that has five turkeys on it because the farmer's sick and tired of them damaging crops. So get on the internet, look up the maps, find where you want to go, get out, knock on somebody's door. There you go. Simple as that. <laughs> um, I agree. I, I just I think it's intimidating to do that again as as a millennial or as somebody who, you know, has never done it before. But don't ever call me a millennial. I'm I know never. I am. But, <laughs> okay, but here's the deal. Then bring somebody with you. Right. Bring your dad with you. Bring your your husband with you. Bring your girlfriend with you. Yeah. Whatever whatever you want to do, it does help to have somebody there with you. I get intimidated when I knock on people's doors. Mm -hmm. But you just got to suck it up and be like, look. They're not gonna. They're not gonna murder you. Well, hopefully they don't murder you. <laughs> they're, they're not gonna be mean. And who cares if they are? Then you right. just go to the next place. Go to the next farm over and hunt on so their. So if property. you asked uh, 20, 20 farmers, how many do you think would say yes? I bet if I, well, it depends on who I have with me. Right. All right. So if it was just me, I bet you I could look anywhere in in northern Minnesota, Wisconsin. I could look on a map, figure out where I want to hunt, pick out twenty pieces of property, and. If I went knocking on doors and had 10, 20 conversations with those 20 property owners, I bet you I could get 10 of them to let me hunt on their property. And I don't want to test that because I really don't have time to do that. <laughs> but you guys just got to believe me. I'm very successful with being able to look up somebody's property, knock on the door, and just ask them. All right. So do you think that when you're asking you know, for access to private land, it is easier if you're hunting with a specific weapon, like if it's a gun versus a um, bow? I think it definitely can be, and I think it depends on where you're at. Okay. If you're in a, a very rural area, I don't think it matters a whole lot. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're somewhere closer to town where maybe you're outside the city limits, and there's some farm fields around, and there's some turkeys running around, but there's maybe houses every you know, eighth of a mile or quarter mile, people aren't going to be as as crazy about you hunting there. So I think a great idea, um, and actually I've done it, I hunted it in a neighborhood in Princeton. Uh, <laughs> yeah, about 10 years ago, I hunted it in a neighborhood in Princeton that was just outside the city limits, and I bow hunted it. And they let me on basically because I was bow hunting, and they knew that if I missed, which was more than likely gonna happen, uh, that it wouldn't go, you know, I wasn't spraying their, their backyard with, with bird shot, you know? Right. So um, I think it's definitely can be easier depending on where you're at. And a lot of times those areas that are closer to town hold the most turkeys and deer. Why do you think that is? Because there's just there's, more food yeah, for them? Bird feeders, yeah, bird uh, feeders, you know, people's gardens, they're right. safer. You know, you don't get, um, you compare a neighborhood just outside of the city limits with a cornfield in the middle mm -hmm. with big oak trees in people's yards. 
there's roosting area, there's water in people's bird baths. I mean, they, they live the life in that area. <laughs> it's versus, like their safe zone. Absolutely, yep. So that is, that's wonderful. That you, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, really. Um, I think that um, I'm learning a lot even just talking to you right now, even though I feel like I've learned a lot already. So. Well, well, thanks. And let's, you know, everybody out there, let's keep in mind, I'm not a professional. Okay. <laughs> I don't think anyone is a professional hunter unless you literally get paid to hunt. Like Jim Shockey is a professional <laughs> hunter. Yes, this is true. Yeah. Yes. Eva Shockey is a professional hunter. Right. Um, I am not. <laughs> I just have shot a lot of turkeys. Right. And I think that that is very... Um, but that's still important. I think that's important for people that um, want to also get into it and to do it. So, Absolutely. Um, hearing from someone that is kind of a DIY, do-it-yourself kind of person and hunter, um, and that's the way that I kind of am rolling as well. So I think it's great, and cool. I'm excited for our next episode um, that I'll talk about in, right after this quick music break. So Alicia, I'm kind of interested in, or Allie, I'm, I'm kind of interested in what kind of music you're going to put in there. Uh, I know we had talked about that, but I don't think we've decided on what kind of music. So for this episode, if there is not music in between that last segment and this one, I do apologize. That was completely unscripted. This, but, this whole thing is actually pretty unscripted. Yeah, but, which is, I think, the way it should be. Right. I don't. I didn't want to plan it out to the point where we had a script. So, so, so what did you want to talk about on the on the next episode? The next the next episode we want to talk about different setups for turkey hunting, whether it's blind or the methods of hunting turkeys. Okay, so you know, using a blind versus not using a blind, decoys, run and gun, stay sitting all day, that kind of stuff. Right. Exactly. Sounds good. I can talk forever on that. Perfect. Well, um, I hope you guys tune in next next podcast for um, more about turkeys and then in the future we'll also be talking about maple syrup and oh man we got a lot in store for you so keep listening to empower outdoors podcast <laughs>